0: This is the I Love Success Podcast. I'm Peter Drukowski, and I have made a vow to myself to help as many people as possible to achieve their dreams. Let's get started. Hey, guys, and welcome to this special episode of the I Love Success Podcast. My virtual world tour is continuing, and today I am in Hollywood in the hills. Uh, super grateful to talk to a mentor, a friend of mine, and the founder and of the Art of Charm podcast. He has done almost 1,000 episodes and met some of the most incredible people in the world. And um, he knows what's up, especially when it comes to relationships and emotional intelligence. So welcome, AJ Harbinger.
1: Thank you for inviting me to your virtual coffee shop.
0: Yeah, it it's uh, it's amazing to to do this as as you know I do everything in person but I had to pivot and actually it's been a cool experience to being able to sit at home and meet people from all over the world so'm I'm, I'm actually grateful uh, we're gonna share emotional intelligence and talk a little bit about relationships today uh, first off how how are you doing and how have you dealt with with this pandemic and being locked up inside basically.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm not going to lie. It's certainly been up and down and there's been some low moments of pessimism, some high moments of optimism, but for the most part, I'm focusing on trying to stay positive, understanding that thankfully it now appears like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So doing my best to coach our clients and have fun with the podcast and really focus on being more productive myself now working from home.
0: And how has this affected your personal life?
1: Well, it's certainly been an adjustment. My fiance and I are not used to working from home together. So I typically work from home for the most part, probably 80% of my career. I've been working from home. And this is a unique experience where we're now sharing a workspace and having to balance multiple (laughs) Zoom calls going at once and who gets the Wi-Fi. So uh, made for some interesting discussions. But uh, other than that, really focusing on the physical aspect and dialing in my morning and evening routines even further. Uh, Now that there's absolutely no commute, no traffic in LA, there are no excuses.
0: (laughs) Awesome. And uh, what do you like? There's a lot of people spending more time with family now, and that leads of course, to more fights as well. Uh, What are your best advice to kind of uh, stay cool and rolling with the punches?
1: Well, number one, I think we all need a bit more self-compassion. We need to understand that we're all going through things and it's okay to be emotionally reactive at times. It's completely normal. I know there are certainly times I've been frustrated. My fiance, Amy, has been frustrated. So having some self-compassion for what we're all going through, number one, so that we're not too hard on ourselves when we do have those moments of darkness, as I'll call them. And then the second thing is realizing that You know, at the end of the day, we do love one another and although we may be struggling in this moment, in this period, we really have the highest of hopes for one another. So looking beyond just the argument and looking for a resolution and keeping that physical proximity is also important. I feel, and I've struggled this myself, uh, when you're very frustrated with your partner you want to be, you know, the other side of the room. You want, to, you want to be outside. You want to get away from one another. And we really can't do that right now. So in those moments where I'm feeling most frustrated or she's feeling most frustrated, we remind each other to just physically hold one another and understand that, that it is a part of dealing with this crisis. And, you know, I saw a, a really interesting meme that one of my buddies posted that was just reminding us that we are in a crisis, that this is not normal. And it is okay to not feel normal. It is okay to feel sad it is okay to feel overly optimistic it's part of the process of going through the grief that we're all going through yeah awesome and
0: uh, what do you want to say to people that are that have actually felt more lonely right now and i I mean all of us are but there's also people that might have family abroad or that are single and they they don't have anybody they can hang out with like how do you like what advice do you want to give to those people out there right now
1: yeah. And this has come up in our coaching program as well. So in our core confidence group coaching, we have a challenge that is reaching out to people that you haven't talked to in a number of years. And for some of us, it's family members. For some of us, it's high school friends. For some of us, it's our old neighbors, but really taking some time to just check in on one another right now, understanding that we're all going through it and uh, at first, for some of my participants in the, the coaching program, they were a little nervous and felt a little weak to be reaching out to someone else and, oh, I haven't talked to this person in years. And they were surprised at the end of the conversation, just how easy it was to pick back up where you left off and feel really connected in this moment. Uh, so that's really one thing I'd like to remind everyone, even if you haven't talked to people in a very long time, understand that life gets in the way, we're now all more reachable than ever. As you were saying at the top of the show, uh, I'm looking at it as a unique opportunity to network, especially as an introvert. It's a unique opportunity to communicate more where we don't have as much social anxiety. We don't have to necessarily get in a car, go to the event, deal with strangers. Instead, we can do it from afar. And reaching out to those people that we've had a connection with in the past and maybe that connection has waned right now, checking in on one another is important. And the other thing that I do wanna remind everyone is, We're all on this emotional roller coaster, And I know for myself, you know, I talk with some of my friends. I play video games online with some of my friends. We do trivia night. We're having a trivia night here in a little bit. So we are using technology to stay connected. But sometimes I'm really optimistic and and really excited about the opportunity. And my friends are not so opportunistic or excited about the opportunity. and, And they're very frustrated with where things are. So being patient with one another and understanding that, The emotion that you're feeling might not be the exact emotion at that moment that someone else is feeling and that's okay the more important thing is to support one another
0: yeah and and one thing that i have a hard time with aj is to you know if i haven't talked to someone in a long time i i feel almost bad of reaching out like what how do you start do you call do you text what do you say like what's the best way or what what do you recommend
1: So we have this little trick called magic dialing and (laughs) what it is, is you call someone and inevitably, if you haven't called someone in a while, their phone might not answer on the first time, but instead of leaving a voicemail, I hang up and call back immediately. And what I found is that if you call someone twice, they tend to think it's an important (laughs) phone call. They actually tend to pick up and you actually get a connection. But I most definitely prefer reaching out over phone right now, Uh, understanding that video can be a lot for people. Uh, Some of my friends are juggling their kids at home, right? Now we have situations where the kids are home from school and they're working from home. So being a little cognizant of that. Also, a lot of us work on Zoom all day long. So the last thing we want to do to socialize is get back on Zoom. So I've been using the phone uh, more so than ever, and I've been picking up that phone and just saying I've been thinking about you, just checking in, and and that alone typically initiates conversation. How are things going? You know, I have friends in New York, I have friends in Michigan, I have friends in Europe, and everyone is going through this almost it feels like at different times right so my friends in europe they were experiencing it before us here in california and then us in california i was experiencing this before my friends in michigan so uh with that in mind that simple hey how are things going i was thinking about you and really taking the time to listen and listen to the emotions that are coming through that call is really important right now
0: yeah And is there anything you have had, have you had time to kind of contemplate on this whole situation? Is there any changes that you are going to do in your life when it comes to relationships and friendships when this is all
1: over? I think the biggest thing that I've realized is that I need to carve out even more time to stay connected. And I have been a little selfish with my time. I have been Really focus on growing the art of charm and growing the company and, and focused to a degree on some selfish things and let some of these relationships that matter to me fall to the side. And in this moment now, when I have more time and I'm, I'm reaching out and reconnecting with people, I'm realizing how far uh, one conversation can go and rekindling that connection. Uh, There's some friends that I hadn't talked to in a number of years that reached out to me or vice versa, I reached out to them and we just hit the ground running and just it felt like we hadn't skipped a beat. So just reminding myself to carve out some time I actually put time in my calendar now for those check ins uh, to be a little more aware of it and a little more conscious of it. Uh, knowing that myself as an introvert, it's easy to get focused on work, focused on building a funnel or launching a podcast, and sometimes it's a little bit difficult for me to put time in my schedule to balance out the relationships that matter to me.
0: How does that look like? Because I'm struggling with that too. You know, I'm filling my pipeline, my calendar with all this to-dos, which are all fun, but they're also a little bit selfish, right? So, how do you like? How does that scheduling look like? And how do you do to not end up in like a three hour phone conversation
1: (laughs) yeah so what we do and i actually got this from a good buddy kevin cruz who wrote a fantastic book on leadership and essentially he taught us to divide our day into three parts the three c's so science shows that the early part of the day is when we are most creative when we are most uh, free to think creatively and open our mind. We're not encumbered by notifications and everything else. So I start my day creating, whether that's podcasting or writing, but that charges me up in the morning. Then the middle of my day is when I collaborate. And that's when I'm hopping on Zoom and I'm interacting with our team members now who are working from home. And for the most part, I've been managing a remote team for well over a decade now. So that afternoon time creates space for me to collaborate with the team, get my meetings done. And then I save my evenings for connect. And that's when I reach out to friends and family. And I found that following that three C's has allowed me to be more productive, has allowed me to be reinvigorated in the afternoon by collaborating with my team and making real headway. And then I'm excited to end my day connecting with my friends and family. I love that. And I mean, it's so important. I, I know myself,
0: sometimes I'm, saying no to that coffee when we were allowed to go out but then when i actually say hey this is my friend maybe he needs me now or she needs me and then when i go there it it's so amazing and i might have something that i'm struggling with that i'm sharing and all of a sudden i get a great idea so i think community for me i realized that community is more important than ever right now
1: and i think we're all a lot more open to being vulnerable I was just talking to a friend of mine in London, and, you know, he, before all of this, had sort of struggled to keep that positive face and and seem outwardly like he had it all together while internally he was going through some disappointing turmoil and some emotional trauma. And that mask was hard for him to keep on, and he would beat himself up, you know, trying to appear as if he had it all together. And this period has really shown him that being vulnerable opening up about his struggles being honest with his friends that he's not handling this as well as he'd like he's not dealing with this well has actually opened up and deepened some connections that he didn't even imagine because before this He wanted to be that person that everyone looked up to, and now he's realizing that being open and honest and vulnerable actually deepens connections, makes you more relatable, and he's gotten a lot more support from his friends than before. So I think it's a unique opportunity for those who see it to deepen those connections that we've had that we've sort of let slip to the wayside. Yeah.
0: And AJ, let's talk a little bit about emotional intelligence. What is that and how can we use that in our in our everyday life, especially right now?
1: Well, I think the one thing is understanding your own emotions. And for many of us, we spend more of our time running away from those emotions, especially the negative emotions, right? We spend most of our time seeking out pleasure, avoiding pain, and trying not to deal with The negative emotions we may be feeling. And of course, during this period for some of us, those negative emotions now are overwhelming and understanding your own emotional state and understanding that your emotions are fleeting. They don't define you. And as we've probably all felt from this period of quarantine, there will be some moments where we are super excited and there will be some moments where we're not so excited and being okay with either of those emotions is an important understanding of yourself. So understanding your own emotions and how to regulate them is what I think is the foundation of emotional intelligence. Once you understand your own emotions and you understand how to regulate those emotions, how to let go and diffuse from your emotions so that they don't get the best of you, you can actually then start to turn your attention towards other people's emotions. And that's really where emotional intelligence comes in. How do you read other people's emotional states? How do you pick up on how they are feeling and express empathy? And really for a lot of us, if we are feeling a little anxious, if we're struggling with our own emotions, we're certainly not going to pick up on those emotional signals for others. Now, many people argue, oh, by nature, women tend to pick up on emotions and have a bit more emotional intelligence than men. So why should men care about this? But ultimately having high emotional intelligence allows you to develop and strengthen relationships. And it's an important exercise for both men and women. I work with women who struggle with emotional intelligence. I work with men who struggle with emotional intelligence and look to grow that area of their life. So I don't think anyone's sex, I think it's a myth. I don't think anyone's sex is stronger in that area. What I would say is that when we start to understand ourselves at a deeper level, we can start to turn our attention to others. And that's how we really start to build our own emotional intelligence. And, and do you feel like like virtually it's a little bit harder
0: to pick up on those cues, right? Like Absolutely. What, what's the, your advice for, for working with that right now?
1: Well, I think for many of us, obviously the in-person can be difficult. Uh, if you have social anxiety, if you don't have a good emotional regulation of your own, then of course, being in person, sends that anxiety on uh, overdrive. And all of a sudden we get more in our head and it's difficult for us to follow along in conversation and be present. What is interesting is that when now we are apart, we have more distractions than ever. So now I have a screen that has notifications popping, emails going, so it can be even more difficult with the distractions that go along with video conferencing. So what I recommend for everyone is to full screen your Zoom, turn off Chrome and all the other apps that are going on and all the other notifications and allow yourself to be fully present as if the person was in the room with you. And then we're going to want to pay attention to the emotional context of the conversation. What are the words that the other person is choosing to express their emotional state? And if you're not picking up on their emotional state, ask them outright, how are you feeling? And listen to the words that they use to describe their emotions. Uh, Those are going to be clues into how the other person's feeling and how to connect with that person in a deeper way and of course video creates challenges you can't see my hands Uh, oftentimes you you only really get from the neck above and many of these video conference scenarios so for me myself i like to talk with my hands and i also like to see other people and what they're doing with their hands to express themselves so it does make things a little more challenging so that's why for me i i have to close all the other windows and all the other apps on my machine and really just focus on the video conference at hand and almost pretend as if the person is in the room with me
0: yeah and Talking about getting to know your own emotions, do you have any exercises that uh, our viewers and listeners can use? Uh, because it feels like a lot of times we suppress our feelings, especially some, there's some part of us, and then all of a sudden they 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 come up, they pop up when you're in a new situation. So do you have any uh, situations or any exercises that
1: uh, we can work on? Yeah, so... The biggest one that we recommend for everyone is to start journaling so that you actually take the temperature of your emotion in regular intervals many of us don't even stop to think about well how am i feeling right now and just sit with those emotions so a journaling practice that we love at the art of charm is simply waking up and ending your day journaling how you're feeling so taking your emotional temperature in the morning and your emotional temperature in the evening and getting a good sense for what your baseline is uh for many of us right now we may see that those are varying pretty wildly but outside of this scenario typically we tend to have a a pretty compact range of emotions outside of you know anger outside of frustration that pops up from time to time so when you have a good understanding of your baseline emotion then the second thing you can start to do to really understand your emotions better is Think about the areas of your life where you're seeking out pleasure. So do you find yourself reaching for, let's say, cigarettes or alcohol or for exercise, right? These are all things that ultimately we derive a lot of pleasure from. So typically, if we have bad habits build up, those habits are around us avoiding painful, negative emotions. So if you find yourself seeking pleasure, distracting yourself with video games, distracting yourself with drugs or alcohol, then typically that's because you're not emotionally regulating yourself responsibly. So looking at the source of those emotions, what is that frustration? Is it procrastination that's creeping up? Is it an argument with your spouse that's causing you to seek out that pleasure? That's how we start to understand our emotions at a deeper level. And the more we can tap into those emotions and understand them, The more we can actually practice that self compassion. I was talking about earlier and understand that your emotions don't define you, you can diffuse yourself from those emotions and understand that your emotions are much like passing thoughts. Sometimes that chemical reaction is gonna be really strong in the positive. Sometimes that chemical reaction is gonna be really strong in the negative. And if we've built up a journaling practice where we're actually logging our emotional temperature, we can really see, well, okay, I've had four or five days now where I'm feeling really down. Oh, let me start to see what's going on with my routine. Let me start to see what's going on in my life. Maybe the big tasks I'm avoiding, the discussion with my boss that I am just too afraid to have or the argument that I know is brewing with my best friend. Uh, in those moments, now we start to understand and control our emotions in a much better and healthy way. Yeah, that's
0: great. Uh, I think uh, what we're seeing right now is a lot of, we're, we're being basically mind-fucked, right? By all, yeah. all the media and everything's going on. Like, do you have any tools for kind of working with that? Because if I'm coming in here right after seeing somebody dying and then all of a sudden i think everybody's gonna die and all of a sudden i'm freaking out if somebody comes close to me when i'm walking to my car and and then maybe I, i i yell at my spouse or so how like what can we do um not not only what we're going through now but this we all have challenging times
1: yeah and you know in this time many of my clients that i've talked to myself included you know i will find myself in these rabbit holes where it's just doomsday conspiracy theories and what is going on, are we being lied to? And I like to view the information I'm consuming much like the food that you consume. And too much junk information can lead to you feeling overweight, sluggish, hurting you emotionally, just like too much junk food can have the same impact on you physically. So. When you start to understand your emotional temperature, you're check, checking it regularly and you start to see, hey, you know, there are some patterns to behaviors that are triggering me. For some of us, it might be getting up first thing in the morning and reading the news. And I know that was the case for me. So we were planning a wedding in Italy at the end of May And when we got word that it was getting bad in Italy, of course, I was waking up and our wedding planner would be emailing us. It'd be the first thing I'd see in the morning and then I would check the news and all of a sudden I'm doomsdaying that this is never going to end and I can't believe all the sadness going on. And I started to realize that 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 morning routine was actually killing my mood killing my productivity and making me procrastinate on the big tasks that I wanted to handle so I made sure that I was not allowed to check the news or my email until I got some exercise in, until I got some endorphins and positive emotions flowing through my body before I delved into the information that is often spiking our stress and spiking those negative emotions. And what science will tell you is that when you have endorphins running through your body, those phenomenal compounds that are released through exercise well mentally you will be better equipped to handle that fight or flight response that gets triggered when we find something stressful or negatively emotionally so
0: so take care of yourself first especially when you wake up and and also when you go to bed right no negative news or before
1: yeah i think it's really important to compartmentalize your day. So as I was saying, in terms of being productive, the three C's, but then also understanding that if the first thing you're reading or the last thing you're reading every single day is some of the negative media and the negative news that we're seeing, well, that can start to compound over time. And it can be very difficult for you then to find the positive and to see the opportunity and to think clearly about things. It's very easy to fall into a trap where the world is falling apart because you're simply reading that news when you go to bed which implants in your brain right before you start dreaming and becomes part of what you're focused on that evening. And same thing in the morning. If the first thing you're setting your thermostat for the day at is negative emotions, well, it's going to be very hard for you to bounce back that day.
0: Yeah. And let's talk about, uh, there's a lot of people now, big life events have been rescheduled, just like your wedding. Like, how, how do we deal with that when we have such a big day coming up and then all of a sudden, Oh, we can't do it anymore. Like how, how does that work in a relationship? And also what, what advice do you want to give to, to other people that have not, that they're seeing cancellations and things are not going as well as they thought they would. And, and things like that.
1: Yeah. First off, I can definitely relate and it was heartbreaking to have to postpone. And even now with, you know, What we're seeing in the way that uh, it appears this is going to go on and continue for a while there's a high likelihood that it's going to be continued to postpone for a lot of these life events so first off is understanding that it is okay to grieve it is okay to be upset it is okay to be angry it is okay to have negative emotions again. What we're talking about here when we run from those negative emotions when we try to suppress those negative emotions when we try to pretend that everything's okay we don't process those emotions in healthy ways and that's how it does damage to us mentally physically emotionally and that stress of course can compound over time if you don't process it so for one i would say be honest and be open with your best friend with your spouse with your family about your frustration about your grief and and let it all out process that emotion fully for us we were in multiple stages of grieving our wedding day is something that we had been planning for well over eight months and of course as it was getting closer and getting more excited to get that news it was incredibly frustrating but you know that is part of what we're going through right now and trying to hide or run from those emotions is not going to be healthy and of course we've been very fortunate to have friends and family who are also very supportive who have been understanding and who've reached out to check in with us and see how we're doing. And I encourage everyone who is friends or family of people who had their large life events put on hold, graduations, weddings, etc to be a little bit more compassionate to those who are really looking forward to these events. These are seminal moments in everyone's lives, and it's unfortunate that they've had to be postponed or changed in these situations. And then the last thing is, you know, look to make the most of it really what you focus on is is what the ultimate result is and for us we've focused on the fact that we have all of our friends and family still supporting us and reaching out and still excited whenever that future date may be and understanding that we will get through this there is a light at the end of the tunnel this is just a phase in our lives and unfortunately it's lasted a lot longer than many of us had imagined and we're going to pull through.
0: Thank you for sharing that. One last question for you,
1: AJ. You know
0: I'm a lot about dreams and goals and uh, we are kind of resetting now and uh, a lot of people have had long moments with themselves thinking about who they they are going to show up as when this is all over. What do you want to say as any final words for for all the dreamers and goal setters out there that are kind of resetting right now?
1: Well, I think... And I've gotten this advice from a few recent podcast guests as well that in all dark moments in history, there are people who see opportunity and seize them, and they end up flourishing and thriving. And right now, as difficult as it may be, those of us who take the time to understand ourselves deeply and look for ways that we could help supporting one another will find those opportunities and will come out the other side thriving in this situation. So I think it's really important to keep those dreams to keep on looking at yourself and your values and see how you can show up and help other people in this period. And you will in the end, end up being successful and reaching those dreams, regardless of, of what happens with this period.
0: Thank you for sharing that AJ, if people want to connect with you, where do they find you and the art of charm?
1: yeah i would definitely recommend checking out our podcast the art of charm and that's where we talk about our social skills toolbox and we interview a lot of great guests and of course theartofcharm.com is the website where you can find out more about our virtual coaching programs as well as our free social skills challenge
0: awesome thank you so much aj truly appreciated.
1: thank you for having me and fun as always to you
0: cheers thank you. cheers